Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, December 14th. I don't know what I was going to say there for a minute. I don't know, like a snake or something. Yep, it's that time, getting closer to Christmas. And I just want you to hear these words. You are not hungry for a fresh chocolate chip cookie and a glass of eggnog. Remember that. You're not. You have no inclination right now to run into the kitchen and make some chocolate chip cookies and pour yourself a glass of eggnog. None whatsoever. <laughs> this is influence programming in its finest. Patriots, make sure that you are taking good care of your stocks and supplies in home. We've talked about food. We've talked about banking. We've talked about getting your preps ready for hunting, you know, your gun stuff. But what we don't talk enough about lately is your sleep. And where else is that going to come from than that fine company called MyPillow? And if you didn't know, Mike Lindell is running for RNC chairman or head or whatever they call that. So that's awesome. So we want to support him as much as possible. And they, they have the best things to support him with, like Giza cotton sheets, the best pillow on the market as well, which is the MyPillow Classic. All of these things are on sale. And there's no finer products to give for Christmas than a product that comes from MyPillow. Now, I'm going to just make some recommendations here because I know all of us have bizarre family members. Probably all of us at one point or another have someone who took the vax or they are a liberal, something like that. But, you know, this is the time of your giving. And there's nothing finer to give than a MyPillow pillow or some Giza cotton sheets. Just take the MyPillow label off when you do. Wrap them up nicely. Give them to them. Wait till you get the thank you note because they're going to love it immensely. And then once you get it, tell them, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because I was really concerned that you wouldn't like it because it, this is my pillow. And now you know why we love Mike Lindell so much. This is how they will all become unified again with us in joy and celebration with Mike Lindell. So head on over to MyPillow.com and you can go there and use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You can use it at MyPillow.com or you can even go to our special landing page, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. And it's a great place to check out the greatest specials going on. There's all sorts of stuff happening. Great presents to buy, gifts to buy, things to stock up on for the end of the world. Because I'm going to tell you, the one thing I can guarantee you is there's a couple things I know. If things fall apart, I'm going to eat well with my cows in the freezer. Not, not with my cows, but the cows in the freezer. And I'm going to sleep well because I'm going to have my pillow sheets with a Giza cotton sheets and a comfy pillow. So if you're one of those that has a bunker, finish it out with my pillow stuff because if you don't and you're going to sit down there for 20 years in your bunker without with just canned tuna and you don't have a my pillow classic, you're going to be very uncomfortable. Again, mypillow.com forward slash Bards promo code Bards. You're going to love it. All right, Patriots, I'm going to do something really weird. Unusual, not weird. A couple of strange things. First of all, um, I don't know if you saw this dancing video with Britney Spears. And she's apparently in her mansion or something. And now people have discovered that it was all a green screen, three-dimension shot done in a studio. So now the people are asking, what happened to Britney Spears? And so I'm going to ask you this. Who cares? It's Britney Spears. Just don't I don't care. So anyway, that's enough of that topic. Britney Spears bores me. But I just got this from a couple people. 
I, and I, I don't ever do this, so I don't know what we're into tonight, but I know who sent it to me. He's a very good person, a good friend. And I'm just going to say, we're going to listen to two minutes and 35 seconds of something about Trump. And I think it's a prophecy and I'm not big on prophecies either, but I want to hear what this has to say. So you get to share this experience with me and then we can comment on it. So here we go. Buckle up. I don't know what we're in for giving you a heads up. I don't know what we're in for. Let's find out. Here we go. This message goes out to the remnant in a time of prayer just a couple nights ago. Um, the Lord showed me me standing on a street and it had buildings on both sides. Almost, you know, it's a really well lit area. It's clearly at night because everything's very dark. And then I see this uh, man beginning to emerge from the darkness and from from uh, the back of the vision. And as he's walking towards me, I see it's Donald Trump. He's wearing a, a blue suit, white shirt, no tie. His top two buttons are undone. And I was surprised. Um, to see you know him there in the vision. Um, Lord had spoken to me about Donald Trump in the past, but it's been a really long time since I've since I've uh, received anything in relationship to him. But the Lord showed me him emerging from the shadows, emerging from the darkness, and coming into the light. And as he walked closer and, and his he got closer in proximity to me, I could see that underneath his business suit and underneath his business shirt that he had the bodysuit on of Spider-Man. And I know what you're thinking. And I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? Why is he wearing a Spider-Man suit underneath his business suit? And Lord didn't say anything. And as I stood there, he, he began to hop and to jump, do gravity-defying moves, stick to walls, those kind of things. And so clearly he had special abilities. And um, then I heard the Lord say that the rules of men do not apply to Donald Trump when it comes to spiritual attacks. So clearly the Lord has given him special abilities to navigate his way through, around, up, sideways to spiritual attacks that may be plotted or planned against him. And then the Lord began to show me a team uh, of highly gifted individuals who are believers, who um, God has called in this time to partner with him, to team up with him, that also have special abilities given to them by the Lord. And this team's beginning to be assembled and called now. That's about the extent of the dream and, or the vision and how far that went. But I wanna encourage you that if you have uh, prophetic giftings, if you have, um, you think the Lord shared with you or showed you some things, don't be silent. Don't sit on the sidelines. To, to continue to declare his word, continue to step out in faith and proclaim the word of the Lord. So that last piece, that last comment there, I think is pretty solid. So if you are inclined and you feel that God has put something on your heart, don't hesitate to say it. That's really important. I think we talk about that a lot here because I do share with what I feel the Lord has put on my heart. And I think that's important. As for Trump in a Spider-Man suit, I'm really not digesting that image very well. I just want to be clear. I'm trying to see him uh, playing golf in a Spider-Man suit, and it's not very pretty. <laughs> I'm just gonna be clear. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, can't. So it's it's. Uh, but as far as what it means and all that, and prophetic, or he's he's got other spiritual stuff. Maybe I don't know. I I'm 
I do want to share something, though, because I've done a lot of recalculus on a lot of things. And this is not going to be a very popular one, but that's okay. We're going to talk about it anyway, <laughs> because I'm going to talk about it. That's why. Um, as much as I dislike, have been infuriated by, have called out viciously his support for the vax, this is the hard calculus I have to admit to. And I have mentioned this before because it's called sentiment and sentiment analysis. And it's basically looking at the emotions of the response to things that occur in the environment. And as hard as this may be to accept for some, there were a lot of people in 2020 that wanted the vax because they were so brainwashed into believing it. And the irony is that those who took the vax, 95% of those that took the vax, I should say, were liberals. And liberals are of hive mind. But that there, is a, there was a portion of MAGA, a bigger portion of MAGA that wanted that vax than we really want to acknowledge. And if you go back to that period, you're going to remember how few people were speaking out against the vax. But once Trump got to the point of pushing it, it was amazing how that momentum picked up to stand against it. To be very honest, had he promoted, had he said the vax was bad or don't take it, I'm going to tell you that most people wouldn't have believed him, including MAGA including America first. And why is that? Because the brainwashing around the pharmaceutical industry has was deep, is very deep. So there is a little bit of issue here that we're going to have to think about, which is reverse psychology. It's been mentioned. I have talked about it here. I've told you that I can, I've said I could support him up to January 20th when he stepped down, but I'm even getting to the point where I I think that his continued support of the vax was creating positive effects of people not taking it. And it was the people that were using their brain for something other than a butt pillow. So we can get angry at him for pushing it and say that he caused damage to people. Everyone's going to ultimately have to be accountable on this. But I'm going to be honest. When I look at this and I look at the reactions over the last... This has been two and a half years that we've been in this, three years coming up on January since this COVID nonsense started. So literally three years of fighting the, the confirmation bias of people and the normalcy bias of this public, the brainwashing of media. And I'm, I'm saying it from a perspective of doing this podcast every day and dealing with the pushback that I get on different levels and watching that pushback diminish, but how long it took to get to where it, it was, a, we were moving into a bigger area. And it's now obviously an increasingly pers accepted perspective that the injection is deadly. But the brainwashing at the time of the injection, there is no way he would have had the votes had he said he wasn't going to produce a vax. 
and they needed the votes to establish in to us at least that we had been had the election stolen. If that election had truly been really close, like they tried to tell you it is, which is a lie, we would have had no foot to stand on. Now we have a legitimate foot to stand on. And yet I'm not taking away any of the damage this vax has caused, but I am pulling back a bit from his from my harder positions and I'm testifying this to you openly. I'm moderating some of my harsher condemnations of his personal accountability because at the end of the day, it wasn't required. It was coerced. That's different. And no one had to take it, though you're going to hear that excuse all the time. Like, well, my work made me take it. No, they didn't. They didn't tackle you. They didn't force you to sit in your chair while you were mandatorily injected. They didn't do any of that. These were choices we had to make in an institutional war that we can look at now and realize without a question in our minds that this thing has been planned for years and that this is so big with its corporate partners, the government corruption, which we're seeing in plain sight, and all the people, one man can't save the world. I think he did what he had to do. And I'm and look, there's all sorts of questions around Trump, and I'm all about it. And, and like I said, I've said so many times, that does not take away the accountability of having to speak the truth to the public. But I am going to tell you that having done influence work to a high degree, like it or not, here's the deal. And and people aren't going to like this, so I'm sorry if I step on your toes on this one. But when it comes to groups of people like populations, people are stupid and easy to manipulate. I really mean that. I used to teach marketing. And this is where I'm going to tell you, I, I, and I made this comment, if you're really good, you'll be able to sell a gold-plated turd to anybody in the country. And people would say to me, oh, that's not even funny. How would you do that? It's not possible. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is, because I'm going to sell it to your neighbor's kid. And that's the key. Because once you get an influence into a family, the parents are weak, and they will absolutely follow suit. So my point of this is this. In no way am I stepping back from accountability or, or, or um, justice. That's not the point. But unfortunately, we're into a war. And when we keep, even myself, throwing pretty heavy accusations against Trump on the vax issue, we're not taking accountability as a people anyway of the choice we all had to make. Because at the end of the day, this is much bigger than one man. This is a this is a level of spiritual war that required people to make the hard choice that had nothing to do with an injection. It had everything to do with your faith and your relationship in God. And that's where when we sit on that side and stand on that rock, we start to really understand a greater clarity and that's it. And, you know, I just read somebody wrote here that he had an oath to protect. That's all, that briefs well. But that's a person, whoever said that has not been in the intensity of war and strategic decisions. And I have. And I'm going to tell you, there are hard call outs that have to be made that are extremely difficult, that you have to make choices between lessers of evils. I've had to be part of those decisions.
And these, this is a war, and I'm not, as I said, and I keep saying over and over, it does not remove a commander's responsibility for the time of the event. But there are decisions that have to be made, and when you're dealing with a population that is itself only willing to go one way, you do not, you are not, you're going to have to look at influence entirely differently. And influence, influence is a part of warfare that people do not embrace well and they don't do it well, especially if they have been in warfare and the physical and they don't appreciate the aspect of the influence aspect of war. And the influence of aspect of war is all about shaping a public to make decisions that will benefit the overall operation. And this is a non-kinetic war. And this in non-kinetic war is a place where people have had to be influenced. And those are some really ugly places to be. Information warfare is a really ugly war. I, I, as I've told you many times, I have briefed this back in... In uh, 2012 and 2013, when I was working at Asymmetric Warfare Group at an SMU, Special Missions Unit, and I, I remember sitting down with the guys I was with, and the, most of these guys were all uh, Delta operators. And, and this briefing I was giving is that there is no more destructive war than an information war. And the answer was that uh, people were like, no, that's not true. Today... You can see it because in an information war, everything gets pluralized. It's a lot easier in the kinetic war. And at the end of the day, where we sit with a population that's primarily vaxxed, that was a choice that everybody made. Nothing was mandated. And that's the hardest pill for everybody in this to accept is we had each of us accountability and culpability in that decision. It sucks, but it's true. And that's where the hardest part of this is going to face for all of us is that people made the choice themselves. Family members were wrapped up in insanity. I don't say they weren't. There was tremendous amount of pressure. We've never seen a people turn so, so violently over a topic as this and so easily manipulated and so absolutely venomous in their attacks towards each other. And that sadly roots in a nation that has walked away from God, easily manipulated because they don't have a relationship with the living God. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. But at the end of the day, like it or not, there were choices to be made. And I'll tell you where I've seen it. I was on the back end of this. There was a group. I wasn't even intending to talk about this tonight, but we're here. So I'm just going to continue with this. There have been a number of groups that have reached out to me to ask to be on the show, to talk about how they're being pressured to take the vax. And this is the irony, is that these are the same groups in the various medical disciplines that, that were pushing the vax until it was pushed on them, like lose your job or take the vax. And when that happened, suddenly it was... It's, it's this strange effect where they couldn't even realize the consequence of what they did. Again, accountability and culpability in this. There's no choice. That's, that's part of this. But this, the magnitude of this fight and the idea that one man could have changed the world is speaking such weakness to us as a nation 
because we should have been awake. If you want to look at people that didn't do their job, the entire Q movement put their head up their butt and went silent. And they were supposed to be that frontline digital army. And they weren't even there. So the real culpability here rests with the people at the end of the day of wanting to look for a vent out when nothing itself was forced or mandated. And that's not the American way. The government is a subordinate to the people. We are not subordinate to it. So the fact that politicians could sit at desks miles away, give instructions, corporate people could give instructions, and the American public is just going to bow down and, and kowtow to it and then go, they were evil and they did this to us. That's weak. We've got to be better than that. Because we're, we're God's children here. And that's the, the point here is that if we're going to sit here and continue to try to find and cast the, the blame on someone else and not first own it with us because we made the choice, look, the people that didn't take it, look around and realize what you went through. Every one of us that didn't shoot that thing into our veins or have it shot into us, that was a hard walk. And if you've lost somebody because of the backs, sorry. But at the end of the day, it was their choice. And no one forced them to take it. And while that may hurt, the fact of the matter is, it was their choice. We are in an amazing place here, in a tremendously amazing position. And this is where... When we are looking at where we are right now, we have a core amount of people that are truly strong and solid in in their relationship with God. And the next part of this equation is the question that I'm going to challenge everybody to think about tonight, which is this. Why do we keep listening to their narrative that this cannot be fixed? And believe me, I am not talking medbeds. We know that through our belief and through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have been given the right to do greater works than he. That's part of that, and that includes healing. So if we really have faith, and when I read people saying like, man, we're all screwed up, I'm like, you have no faith. Your faith is weak because you give in to the narrative of somebody else, and you do not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal. And that's where we have to turn the tables on this thing. Because we have that ability through the Holy Spirit and through our relationship with God. But we keep sucking into their narrative of death. And I'm, I'm literally, I'm done with that. I mean, I've spent hours, hundreds of hours I have spent literally in the research and talking and sharing and ideas with, exchanging thoughts on how to get to the next level of healing. Everything from physical aspects of that to the spiritual aspects of that. And the most amazing thing that's happening is I'm seeing these people from a medical side, Dr. Lee Merritt, Eric Naputi, Carrie Madej, there's three. These people were not in a deep and intimate relationship with Father God, and they are in a great space now. They are fighting like heck, and they all agree that the critical piece here to overcome this is our relationship in Jesus. So yes, there's physical parts to this. But if we're going to keep sucking into their narrative that we're all going to die, that's what they tell us every day. 
I mean, their whole objective here, like transhumanism, you're not going to have a choice. I'm like, what the hell is that about? Yeah, I'm going to have a choice. You're not going to touch me. We're going to spray it in the air. Well, if you if that's the case, then how come I'm not transhuman right now? Because apparently you've been doing that since the 70s and nothing's happened. We're going to put it in your food. Okay, I'll grow my own food. We're going we're gonna to put it in your water. Well, I've been filtering my water. You guys have been putting crap in our water since the 70s, and I'm still good, so there we go. You put fluoride in our water in the 50s to try to dumb this country down. You did a pretty good job on that one, but we're fighting back. You know, we're going to mandate the vax. <laughs> Come and take it, baby. You know, I mean, just it's it's constantly the same narrative. And it's constantly telling us that we're going to die. Everything about it is, is we are a slave. We have no choice. You're going to die. And God's narrative is not like that. There's nowhere in there that God says that. Nowhere in there in the scriptures that God says, by the way, if you follow me, I would like you to roll over, play a cockroach on its back, and listen to what Lucifer, the father of lies, is going to tell you, and please believe it, and turn your eyes away from me and wait it out until Jesus comes. That is not what's being said in Scripture. So if we're going to stand and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to walk in that power, the greatness of what he gives us, then... I don't know. Seems like what we're what the mountain that we have before us can be conquered. And that mountain is is a big one. I'm not saying it isn't. We've got tremendous issues of healing people, tremendous issues of broken spirits, tremendous issues of people walking away from God. And at the same time, we equally have tremendous issues m- numbers of people turning to Jesus. We've never seen anything like this. Our church is broken. If you want to blame, here's one to blame. You want to blame something? You want to look towards a fault in all of this? How about this? The church. We want to throw stones at Trump, and we want to throw stones at the government, and they're worthy of it for some of these things. But the one thing we don't put up in the forefront is the pulpit. We're in this situation in this nation as a whole because the pulpit has has become so weak. I'll give you a very pressing issue. Forget the vax for a minute. We have schools that are rolling out pedophilia documents and books, putting them in the library. We have parents that are fighting. I have an amazing interview coming up tomorrow night of a couple. One's a lawyer and and then the wife is on the school board. The fight that they're doing, and they're right here in Oregon. And it's just like there is a two-person team that is taking on the entire state. Another great story, Tom Renz. I talked to him tonight. This is a guy that was a generalist attorney that is now in lawsuits against Big Pharma, against the government, against DOD. He's waging lawsuits every day. One guy. I mean, the whole idea when we roll into this garbage like, we're screwed, the public's all injected. Okay, well, just go to your bunker and eat your damn tuna for a while and let it blow over while the remnant here stands up and believes in God and wins this war. And then you can come out and decide if that's something you want to be part of. Because I'm really done with that ridiculous mentality. Because the war, the tools of war that God gives us are profound. They are mighty. And the mighty tools that we are here fighting with, the, the power of the Holy Spirit has no limit unless we limit it. 
And the power of the Holy Spirit does not originate in us with anger, hate, and vengeance. Tom Renz's great quote today, we were talking about this in the terms of a forgiving heart, a loving heart, and justice. And he said, you know what, Scott, What's, he said, what I love so much about that is he says, justice has no hatred or vengeance. That's coming from an attorney who's prosecuting cases against the DOD, against the government, against Big Pharma for the deaths caused by this vax. And he is a solid Christian. And he's in the fight every single day. So when I, we talk about all this and then we turn to John 14, 12, and we say, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Stop right there before I continue. That's red letter language. It's plain English. There's no interpretation on it. There's, it's simple. What did Christ do? He healed the sick, cast out demons, and raised the dead. Why is that so difficult for us to understand what is being said here to us? Because if that's the case, there's nothing out here that we shouldn't be able to fix. This is our dominion. God gave us this earth for, of the men and women of God. This is our dominion. And we keep looking to him to fix it, and we keep whining about people coming at us. It's like, wait a minute, I don't quite get this, because even in our own country's structure, government is subordinate to us, but we've become so accustomed to taking orders from above and complying like good little slaves and drones, we have lost our own way. So we have to start generating solid accountability in ourselves for the things we do and the things that we are. That's not an easy one to be or an easy place to be. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing. Well, we know that. If you're truly walking with Christ, the glory of that is that all things are possible through Jesus. Let me say that again. All things are possible through Jesus. So where's the limitation that we keep putting on ourselves? Why do we keep believing the father of lies? You know, I look at this thing and and we have this, this discussion earlier about medical care and we got to find doctors to do this or that. And I'm like, okay, let's just stop a minute. Why don't we start just taking the initiative and start rebuilding the system? We always are looking for someone else to do it. You know, take medical classes right now. Become first aid certified. Learn how to fix broken bones. Anybody can do that. It used to be common knowledge on the frontier. Why did we lose it? But there's this barrier of acceptance. You're like, well, you're not a medical doctor. I can't go to medical school. But then don't go to medical school. Find somebody who is a special forces vet. Find somebody who works in the veterinary clinic that's going to teach you how to set bones. Seriously, learn the skills. We're replacing a system that is corrupted and broken. And it's up to us to make those choices. Look, we've gone through a miserable three years here. But I go back to the beginning and the setting of Malachi. We haven't even got into Malachi yet. I've been saying all week, but we end up right back to at the beginning. What happens? The Israel's, Israelites come back and nothing changes. Patriots, we can't be that group of people. We have to be the ones that everything changes. Yes, justice will come. That, is, that's not even, that isn't something we even question. Justice will come because it has to. There has to be justice here and there has to be justice in heaven. 
But while we agree on that and we will say, okay, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget the fact that the left wanted to round us up. A bunch of them on the left wanted to round us up, put us in FEMA camp, mandatory inject us or kill us. I mean, that was pretty common narrative. I'm like, look, dude, I'm never going to forget that. And I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on having an accountability for that and whatever justice that requires for being that big of an asshole in our life. But when it comes to the of our role here and our mission, man, there are people right now that need healing. There are people right now that need prayer. There are people right now that need hands-on healing. And if you tell yourself, well, I don't have that gift, ask for it. And I'll tell you what, the one the only thing downside about putting hands-on healing to something is simply pray for them. What is the downside on that? They're going to say, well, they still died. Well, maybe God needed them to come home. The biggest thing in this whole place is there is an, a part of this that isn't anybody's responsibility or, or fault because there are people that simply are going home. As long as they are walking with Jesus, we should be able to let go of that and know that we have done a tremendous thing in their life of bringing them to the Savior and to accept that in their life. That's huge. But if we keep putting up all these barriers and keep talking about how somebody else and pissed off this way or angry at that or feeling like we don't have any power, we have not lived up to what God has given us. And we sure as heck aren't living up to John 14, 12, which I'm going to finish that. And then it says, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm just like, greater works than Jesus? What does that even look like? I have no idea. Have we sought that? Have we asked for that? Have we prayed into that? Have we said, Father, just guide me? Have we been that courageous? You know, ironically, and look, I'm guilty of some of this. I'm going to be blunt because I've been giving this a lot of rethought. It's like, have we gone into people that are vaxxed, put hands on the heel? No, you know what we've done? And I've done it myself. I was like, I don't want them touching me. I don't want that stuff like cross-contaminating me. Wow, what an amazing psyop that we bought into because we believed that something that was made by the hands of man and perhaps technologies that would fall put itself into the fallen was greater than the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Think about that. I'm guilty of it. Like what in the heck went wrong on that one? And so you're like, Man, did we ever get brainwashed. There's been a lot of brainwashing, and, and a lot of that brainwashing we have done to ourselves because of the center point of fear. This is a psyop war. A psy war is what they call it. And it is directed at our, at our thoughts to affect our heart, to affect our connection and faith in God, because at the end of the day, there's one thing that this enemy wants. It wants your soul and my soul. And that's the target. And I'm like, nah, it ain't going to happen. And I'm not going to kid you. I Yesterday, I had a, yesterday morning, I called Brad Cummings. Full testimony here. I was furious yesterday. Just worn out with all this stuff. I was angry over the kid, kid stuff. And I was like, ugh. Like, where is, where is Father God? 
Like we are outgunned. We are outmatched by an enemy that's still is believing in the supernatural God. We're over here and we've got so many people that aren't believing in the supernatural God. And God and Brad says, and you think like you're the only one out here fighting this thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> and he says, and what's your problem? You think God's going to come down and just fix it for you? I'm like, no. It's like, and what are you upset about? At this point, by this is a long conversation, but I'm just, I'm being short on it. I'm like, I got nothing to say, man, at this point, because you're absolutely right. This is about us taking this back. This is about us being mighty in the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm going to stand that way. And I'm not going to put up with these ridiculous limitations that we put on ourselves. I'm not going to put up with these sort of institutional church thinkings of like, it's just in the pew. I'm not going to do that. I'm walking and making this choice as I have made this choice to walk truly in the power of the Holy Spirit and to ask Father God to let it work through me at any capacity. I'm going to pray for the healing of people. And I know that at the very least, it's not going to hurt them. And I'm not going to burden myself with those that are dealing with back suffering. I'm going to try to pray for them. But at the same time, they have to meet me halfway. I'll meet them where they are, but they're going to have to come over and meet it halfway because they're the ones that made the choice. Nobody forced it in them. And if they die, I'm just going to hope that we can at least bring them to the place of loving and walking with Jesus. That's the most important piece, and that's the piece where we have to go. It is not easy. But you know what else? This world was never supposed to be easy, ever. We're being shaped, experienced, put in the fires of formation right here on this earth. And the world really, we can make a choice as we walk to be miserable. We can make a choice to be burdened in our heart, or you can make a choice to put it with Jesus and walk with him and see what power and glory you can bring into this world and make a positive impact. The one thing I love about Dr. Frank is he's like Mr. Positive Energy. Well, everybody else is out here moaning around like, oh, we got so screwed on the vote. Oh, it's so miserable. Dr. Frank's out here going, look at what you can do. Look at what you can do. Look at what you can do. This is how you can work. And then the question is, are you willing to pick up that mantle and walk with it? This attorney that I'm going to bring on tomorrow night and his wife, they're fighting a beast up here in Oregon. This legislature we have is, I mean, it's, it's literally like gangrene for the entire constitution. They're, they're viciously evil. And he's just slugging away every single day. He's not getting notoriety. He's not in the press. He walks truly with God. He just puts it on him and says, I'm going forward. And I'm like, man, I respect that. So we're fighting the fight that God puts it, put us here to do. And just like any great battle, nothing works exactly as you want. But at the end of the day, a great commander understands a certain thing. That if you don't trust the squad on the ground and you're going to try to dictate instead how that squad on the ground is going to work, if you dictate to the squad, they will fail. If you trust that squad, they will win. Or they will be greater in their fight than ever before. 
because they've been entrusted and empowered to do that. We literally have to start functioning in that capacity. To start working in such a place that we are listening to what God is telling us, knowing that he is trusting in us to do this work, knowing that he is there to support us, but we have to be on that front line. Knowing that this is a, has been a war. You know, this is another thing. We're sitting here right now looking around going, oh my goodness, this vax, this is so horrible, and these people did this. Okay, well, let's back up to about 1986 for a minute. And while we have all this moaning and misery going on about people dying from the vax, I want to point out the increase in autism in this nation. And I want to talk, just point out how many mothers were silenced, cast off by patriots. Like, it's not, it's not vaccines. We know it's vaccines now. How many were silenced and shunned and the pain and suffering they had to bear and not be acknowledged or recognized? There's a tough one. But now we go through this and we all suffer and we're like, oh, but it's worse. It's like, I don't know what's worse right now. And I mean this. I mean, what's worse? I mean, and I mean what I'm telling you. Losing somebody from a vax when it was not mandatory or watching your child go from being a bright and beautiful child to within 24 to 48 hours after receiving mandatory vaxes so they could go to school become something that you don't even recognize or know. Watching all the life drained out of them and then as a parent having to deal with that for the rest of their life. I don't think we have the biggest burden to bear. I think it was already born and carried by many others long before that were warning us of this date and of this time and this danger, and we didn't listen. So, yeah, this whole vax thing, it sucks pretty bad. And there's a lot of people being shaken out. But now I'm going to give you the last final punch in this one because this is the one that's probably the hardest one to accept. But when you do the numbers and you look at a nation that was being and has been taken off the cliff by people that hated it, the people that wanted socialism, communism, the people that believed in hive mind, the people that believed in silencing anybody that opposed them, by people that believed in rounding up those that were in opposition and putting them in camps and having them exterminated? Yeah, those people. And it might be as much as 30% of this population, and we can talk about all day long how they got there, what the influences are, all that. That's great discussion for academics, but here's the reality. That chunk of people, no matter what we could have done, they still took the injection. 95% of them took the injection. 75 plus percent took the boosters. And it didn't matter what you told them, they were going to be hell-bent on taking it. And in the end of the day, they're probably, most of them will die a shortened life if they haven't already died or been damaged by the vax. That's pretty bad. But what's worse them running the country or them facing the consequence for not listening. There's a tough one. 
See how ugly this war is? This goes back to what God told me and said to me about three weeks ago. Who's your enemy? And the answer is we can't put our finger on it. Because our enemy has always been within. It's been us against each other. And why? Because the father of lies sowed that so deeply. And we're still doing it. And yet that's not what Jesus would be doing. Jesus would be in the temple flipping tables and challenging and calling out. But he'd be in the land healing and bringing wisdom. And that's where we really need to be. We need to be out here healing and bringing wisdom. We need to be out here putting hands on and praying. Look, you want to grind an axe with Trump? I've done it here plenty, but I'm, it's, I'm setting it aside. I don't have time. I don't have time to waste on it because I can't affect it anyway. What I have time now to worry about is as much as Father God will allow me and guide me and lead me to bring as many to Jesus as I can, to heal as many hearts and as many people as I can, to cast out whatever demonic influences are within them, to empower them within the body of Christ, and if he will so bless me to do works greater than he, whatever that looks like. Because I'm not here to waste time. I'm here to work as an authority under Father God through him, through Jesus, in kingdom authority. That's what I'm here to do. That's what my mission was from day one. Everything else, it's a distraction. So I'm walking with Jesus straight up. And I'm asking him what he wants me to do and where he points me. And I don't care if I feel unequipped. If Jesus says, lay on hands, I'm laying on hands. Jesus says, pray, I pray. And if I seek out somebody that needs help and I don't even have to hear it from Jesus, I'm just going to say, hands on, pray, going to make it work better. And if it, I don't know what that will do. But I'll tell you what, we know one thing about God. He loves us all. And you can't tell me that he doesn't respond to prayers in whatever capacity that we may never see. But they are there, they are given, and he hears them. Mission forward all the time. So, John 15, 5 again. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Amen, Jesus. I'm on your train. Let's pray. Father, we're coming here to you tonight just very humbled, deeply reflective on the path that we've taken and where we are. And right now, there is a nation that needs prayers. There are a nation that needs healing. There's a nation that needs to have that encounter with the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus. So, Father, send me. Send us. Whoever's willing to say that to send me, then join me in this prayer. Because this is time right now that we start acting like we are part of the one body of Christ. That we start walking like we are in the one body of Christ. That we start being like we are in the one body of Christ. 
and many of us are doing that. Many are seeking. Many are questioning. Let us just get our eyes forward here. And so, Father, we just pray for that wisdom and that blessing and that mighty strength that you can give us to understand that we can make a difference right now. That this nonsense of believing in the father of lies and this stuff he sows in our head, we need to cast it out. Literally, in a metaphorical sense, put on that helmet of salvation and keep that noise away from our thoughts so that we can truly connect with you through the power and love of our heart. That we walk mightily in kingdom in this world and we ask for those authorities. We ask that you'll lead us. Ask for us to put before us all the power of the sword of the spirit and to lead us to do the greater works than he. This is time that we need to see the miracles. And we are so many of us willing to step into that place. So, Father, bless us with that, with that direction. Guide us as you will. And let's start shaking up the world. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I always love these shows like this because I have no idea. I had no idea where I'd end. And this is all Father God just working. Okay? I'm going to be honest. And to know where I've been in the last 48 hours of my emotions was not an easy place. I was pretty ground down yesterday. And, and angry. And openly frustrated even with Father God. Realizing that that frustration had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with me. But again, reflecting out. And why was I upset? Why was I frustrated? Because I wasn't seeing the miracles. And it's like, um, yo, buddy, I empowered you here on earth. You want miracles? Ask. I'll work through you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's accountability. I am accountable to God. I am accountable to Jesus. And that means that I'm accountable in the word of what they've also told me I can and what the potential is I can do. Not just to sit on the side and pray and say that, oh, whenever it's going to happen, it's going to happen. God's going to fix it for me. We're the agents of action on the ground. Can you imagine in the halls of heaven as they're looking down on us? Can you imagine how they're looking at this and, and those that are out here walking with Jesus, those that have stood against this incredible force that's tried to crush us? Can you imagine what we look like to them, those that have survived this, and now those that want to still stand up and heal and walk and bring this world back together? And I'm telling you, there's a lot of love pouring down on us. There's a lot of support in heaven coming down to us. And that means we've got a lot of work to do. So, for me going forward, I hope you'll be part of this walk as I am in this way. And I'm literally excited about what I see ahead. It's not an excitement of like going to go tap dance on a table and eat chocolate cake. It's an excitement of knowing that the Holy Spirit is working through us and that we have an opportunity of doing things greater than we ever imagined because that's what God's needing us to do. This is his army. He didn't make his army weak. He made his army strong. And if we believe we're weak, we've walked away from who he is.
He didn't put us here in this time to be weak. He put us here to be mighty, to be mighty men and women of God. All right, patriots, some thoughts for tonight. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. War sucks. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.